buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a fantastic guest. We've been meaning to make this happen for some time now. I've got Steven Schritt, who is the CEO of Tidal, uh, founder of a full cycle sales agency, uh, who cracked 200K MRR in the first 60 days. He's a father of four and husband to one. Uh, also helped lead the charge in selling 150 million in 2020. Uh, Steven, thanks so much for coming on Sales Hustle today. Colin, it's great. Long overdue uh, indeed, my friend. So here we are. Thanks so much for uh, making time. I know your show's cracking. You guys just hit 100 episodes, so it's an honor. Yeah, yeah. We've been meaning to make this happen for some time, but you've clearly been busy. <laughs> it's been fun. You're busy too, um, so man. Be- you've, you've got a lot going on over there. I look at your stuff going on and it makes me feel like I need more in my life. Oh no, no. I, I, I look busy, but I'm not that busy, man. I, I don't ever work more than eight hours a day and I never that's work fan. on the weekends. That's amazing. I'm going to take some tips from you after the, the pod, or maybe we can talk about it. I need to take some tips. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to share some, some, some tips on how to work less. <laughs> I'm all in on that. Um, all right, man. So before we jump in here, uh, we're going to talk about combo prospecting and that's going to go, who knows, many Ooh. different directions. Um, before we get started though, just give us the cliff notes version, the short version of your sales story. Sales story. Um, you know, I'm an, I'm an old man. I've been doing this for 22 years. Started out like a lot of people. Uh, internet was a brand new thing in college for me. You had to kind of go down and get the special access code and and unlock the vault that was the computers. And I remember not even paying attention to it. It's the weirdest thing. Like I was just too busy, like being that, living the college life and people would be like, I gotta go check my email. I'm like, what is that? That sounds, <laughs> that sounds amazing. And I didn't really, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, growing up where the Blackberry was the new invention and then, you know, seeing those things progress, it's been wild. Cause that, that was as cool then as whatever is cool now is cool. It's all relevant to what, like how you're progressing. So, you know, I worked at AT&T when the iPhone came out and we were the exclusive carrier selling to like big enterprise. So that was wild back in 2007. So I've been privileged to be a lot of part, part of some really cool things. And I kind of collected all that over the years. And um, in 2020, you know, I, I kind of decided that that was the time to, I, I read enough encouraging posts from, you know, whether it was guys like you or, you know, uh, you know, gals who are really succeeding. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, 
I'm going to take this leap of faith and go out and do what I think I can do, which is the broad world of consulting, right? Which is such a broad word. And what are you going to do? And um, yeah. COVID hit, like a lot of people just got a gig uh, being, you know, global head of sales as a consultant for this really awesome company out of China to bring hardware for Zoom rooms and teams and all these cool unified, unified communication endpoints. And you know that world. And then, you know, two weeks later, they said, gee, Steve, we just paid 80 grand to put up a big booth in, in the Netherlands with all these flat panels that you were really excited about, but now is not the time. And I said, I agree. And they said, but we have three manufacturing facilities here, and I think America is going to need something called PPE. And I said, what, what are you talking about? I don't know what PPE is. And I didn't know what a mask I, – I knew what a mask was when a doctor wore it. But, you know, I just was – that's what they – it's like garbage men. They show up, and they're wearing a vest, and they, you know – that's what doctors wear, yeah. and pretty soon we all found out um, that 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 sort of thing was very real here. So we built a team from the ground up and and applied all of the principles that are used in SaaS and B two B with you know tech stacks and all of this you know kind of combo prospecting approach and brought it into a space that wasn't expecting it. I e the top 100 healthcare systems in America were never prospected to, not by a PPE supplier because they just had their company it's like you know you buy paper and you buy the same kind every and it yeah. just showed up like there was never a big deal they never didn't have it and it certainly wasn't five times the cost that it was you didn't have to like you know deal with gang members on docks to get what you needed but it really found out like a lot about the global <laughs> supply chain you know there was people like getting murdered over in malaysia at least you hear these stories of like this toxic environment of greed for money and I would just wow. be blown away. And so I downloaded WhatsApp about one year and two months ago for the first time in my life. And I would be getting like three, 400 messages a day. Like I'm so-and-so, I have a good deal on this. And so we are now coordinating, not only selling it, but getting it. And we're pledging millions of dollars. And, and we had people who were private investigators over there that we'd hire to go tour the factories and make sure they're, they're legit. And so anyways, that happened. It was a wild ride. We, I, I came out of that in January and founded Title um, with the precedence that I, I thought that the way that these this world of agencies is done today, although there was a there's mm -hmm. still a lot of really great companies. So you like look at you know Aaron Ross and Predictable Revenue, they're doing some great stuff. Um, there's some you know science science with a C is is doing some amazing work, but I saw a lot of it was broken, and I think a lot of people when they got laid off in uh, in COVID, the unfortunate part is they didn't have work. So they said, I'm now an agency, right? And I've got the tools to do it and you can pay me money and I'll do it for you. Um, and so I think that you spun up another 500 or 1,000 in an industry that already had this bad rap for like never really getting done what some company hoped and prayed they would get done for them. And so we ramped quickly. So like you said, we're, we're now actually today, we're at 242,000 MRR. We just signed up a couple of more clients. We hired six more people. Uh, so here we are in the world of being a founder and in, in, in the startup world and, you know, started my day with talking with accounting on, on fetching invoices that were overdue and then had some good conversations internally and uh, going out to try and find a COO and a VP of customer success. So it's just wild. Like it's, it's very real now after two months, I'm sitting here going, okay, so this is what everybody was talking about is hard. It's fun though. I, I love it. And, and I'm going to ask you for some advice on how I can condense a 16 hour day to eight hours a day. I would be a huge fan of that. Um, I think it's a matter of, you know, two months in, you're a founder. If you can peel some of that work and, and start to trust those people around you and give up that control is like my next phase is how can I now hire these, you know, hire these amazing people, get them to actually just do their thing and not have my thumb on everything and fear that it's going to collapse. Cause that's sort of that, um, what I'm learning is the founder goes, no, 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 it has to be done this way. And they go, why can't it be done this way? 
And you go, huh, that's mm. actually a way better idea than what I thought of. So that's where we're at right yeah. now. So long story short, yeah, but um, yeah. What, what a wild ride, huh? It's been wild. It has been wild, but it'll get more wild. I, I think now it's so awesome to see, you know, the economy firing back up, a lot of companies hiring. And I think uh, it's just wild to see the demand right now for for hiring good talent. I think a lot of candidates can kind of have their way with it, if you will. So that's that's also a really interesting time. Interesting time to be alive. Yeah. And, and, and so now there's a lot of people providing, you know, this outsourced SDR top of funnel, you know, um, you mentioned you guys are a full cycle sales agency, which is a little bit unique, right? Yeah. Um, there's far less full cycle than there are, you know, top of funnel. And then yep. even with a lot of the top of funnel shops, they tend to kind of lean more in one direction, one channel, uh, go all in on one channel, maybe a little bit of email, but mostly phone or all email or all LinkedIn. There's very few of them that know how to execute on all channels and integrate them well into a combo prospecting strategy. Mm -hmm. So why don't you kind of, you know, we talked a little bit before, you know, you, you know, dropped combo prospecting and mm -hmm. I know that you're, you know, a believer in using all of these different channels. So mm -hmm. why, why is it that so many of these outsource agencies are, are reluctant to use all the channels? And then, you know, how, how are you guys using all the channels and, and let's kind of dig into some of those things. Sure. I think, I think they are reluctant to, because they think they know it works and what works today doesn't work tomorrow. And that's the interesting part of this is, um, you know, LinkedIn's a great channel if you know how to use it right. I mean, we, we built this business around LinkedIn. We, we're fortunate we haven't done any outbound yet. It's all come in, right? And and what a what an interesting thing. We do outbound, but we haven't had to do it for ourselves yet. So that's interesting. Where where I think from a combo prospecting, uh, you know, and that that book just lit up my world like a year ago because I finally really dug into it. And sort of this right hand is the phone and left hand is social. Like you've got to be moving all the time and treat it like it's yeah. all interconnected and there's no <clears throat> pardon me there's no tool that i found that's going to tell you what to do you have to sort of really apply some objectivity in the process and that's hard to do at scale um, because you can build repeatable processes with machines pretty easily that's what they do uh, humans we're all different and we have opinions and we have methodologies that we subscribe to and one's good this year and then i'll shift next year and i'm all in on beck holland and josh braun and then i'm all in on <clears throat> pardon me justin michael and spears and clusters and whatever the you know if it's trending um, people seem to get into it and a lot of times <clears throat> pardon me colin one second There we go. Allergies in South Dakota are a real thing too. So I apologize for having to clear my throat yeah. there. Um, I, th I think that what I've seen is it's expensive to run a stack, right? We're about $1,200 a person right now. So we've gone all in on Orem and we've got all these interconnectivities. So some days we're power dialing, other days we're sinking in. And where we've seen a big difference is we're, we're using psychographics in a big way. We, we've dumped a lot of money into it, a lot of time. And and you have to cast a wide net and find out what's working, right? So, Colin, you might think, and, and a lot of CEOs come to us, and they'll say, my ICP is this. We're selling mm -hmm. an ISV app for the financial vertical. Um, it's a CFO. It's got to be a CFO because they can make a decision. And yeah. we go, actually, I'm looking at the first five weeks of the campaign, and when I look at what's considered a win for you guys, it's totally not that person who's actually – 
taking the time to look at this, taking the time to respond and ask questions is this person. So when we apply psychographics, and we use a, a firm that I really like, White Rabbit Intel, and we we use that, and psychographics have been, a, a you know, psychographics, demographics, go down the agifics, or, you know, that, that sort of subcategory, and marketing's used it for a long time. So I, I know in 2022, it's going to be the thing. I can just, like psychographics, everybody's going to be saying, well, we're doing that too. Well, how do you do it and do you apply it daily? Because that will shift daily. So if you cast a wide net and you're waiting for the fish to come to it, you'll get a few. Everybody's, you know, you call 300 people a day, you're going to get lucky. Um, yeah. If you have effective messaging, you'll get lucky with email. I feel email is really broken right now. Okay, so then you can personalize. But if I personalize and I don't do it at scale, I can't get any velocity behind it because I'm really saying, hey, Colin, I really want to talk to you, but I'm not paying attention to Bob and Jane and Katie and all these other people who are over there saying, yeah, I could use that too. And so I think it's a, a, a multi-pronged approach and, and that's why I like combo prospecting. And here's the other thing we do. We've, we, we've sort of, so I was, let me back up here for a second. I was at T-Mobile in 2013 and a lot of people go, oh, boring, that's cell phones. So yeah, okay, it, it is pretty boring, but it's something that everybody uses. And yeah. so people talk about commodities, right? So cell phones are commodity now. Well, so is water. But I can go buy a $4 can of water with a death metal logo on it right now, and I'll buy it because I think death metal's great, and I have tattoos all over my back. And that can makes me feel good in the day. So I spend a lot of stupid money on it. I could get tap water. And cell phones were the same way. Everybody's sick of them. They all have them. They all charge too much. But when I was at T-Mobile, we had a crazy CEO. I don't know if you remember John Ledger, long hair. He's yeah. fucking swearing all the time. He's just like, fuck AT&T. Verizon's full of shit. And it was a big show. It was a big they were calling out everybody in the wireless industry saying, hey, we know we suck, so we can start making fun of everybody else, but we're going to now get better by saying we're the people's wireless carrier. And everybody's like, yeah, you know, fuck yeah, man, I'm on board with you. Oh, I don't have coverage, but I still like you because you're all in. You know, you're all in on the unlimited. You give me free Netflix. Yeah. You send me $10 Domino's gift cards every Wednesday. And I saw them roll this out, and that shit worked. It was nuts. People were like, free, free, free. I like it. Domino's pizza, one to two toppings. I'll switch cell phone carriers if you give me a free pizza. Like, okay, that's crazy. Um, so I saw them roll out these uncarrier moves, right, where they were changing it and breaking an industry. And here we are, you know, shit, eight, eight years later, they've done pretty well. You know, when I got my stock granted, it was 28 bucks. Now it's 240 bucks a share. So you know, they acquired Sprint and blah, blah, blah. So I'm sitting here going, the agency space is what it is. Like some are good, some are bad. How can we disrupt the agency space? Very similar to what John Ledger and T-Mobile did, which is number one is transparency. We share every call. Every fucking terrible call we have is posted to the channel every day. Every good calls um, shared with the channel. But, you know, per client, we might have two to 10 conversations a day. They love that. Other agencies are like, no, 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 you don't get to listen to the calls, man. Um, yeah. I don't want to have you hear that person. Which is and, and crazy, which is crazy because it would be the equivalent of hiring somebody in-house and then, yeah, we're not going to do any call coaching and we're not going to listen to any of your recordings, but here's what we need you to do and here's your marching orders. And if you don't get it done, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. And, and why you know, it, 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 if it's it's not... It's not a true partnership. They're pretty much knowing that that client's going to churn after a certain period of time, and that's the business model. 40% attrition, 60%. Those, those are kind of the averages. You're right. That model is they're going to leave what's a matter of time. 
Like how many tricks can we whip? But out as long as we go? can line up one or two more before they leave, then we can stay afloat. That's right. And that's why I think we've seen a lot of them fail. Well, when we told people we were going to do that and we started to really talk about what transparency meant, like that thing alone, they were like, I'm in on that. Um, and, and I don't have to buy a tech stack because now we've put this big tech stack behind it. And a lot of these smaller mid companies, you know, they might be a one to $10 million firm, but they haven't done the work of getting the tech stack. Simple things like I, I almost take Gong for granted now, like that's an expensive tool. A lot of people to deploy that, they, they don't want to spend 50, 60 grand a year to record calls because they think, oh, I just record calls. We get product marketing people all the time saying, I want to hear every call that mentions what they're doing today, why they're mm -hmm. doing it. So if we're going to get a no, we're going to ask a lot of questions. I'm not just going to go to the next call and say, okay, Colin's good. Next call. We say, okay, Colin, what are you doing today? Why are you doing it? What made you do that? And I don't try and overcome it. I just get the information. Now, product marketing goes, okay, keep feeding me that information. That's good. That's real time. That's what you're doing today. And now I understand what they actually say versus what the survey says we think they do when they're not going with us. So it's it, that single thing is great. I think the psychographics, you know, the fact that we're willing to share with them, like here's who it is. We don't like hide it behind a curtain and go, so, well, yeah, you let's, can't let's, see let's, it. Let's re, yeah, let's revisit that for a second, right? Because you've brought up yeah. the psychographics here a couple of times and there's a lot of mm -hmm. people that are, you know, not have, have not adopted that or not using that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so how, how is that helping you and in what way and, and kind of explain it a little bit for people that maybe don't know what you're talking about. Sure. So, you know, you think about it, you go get you know, go to any of your lead sources, you know, they're, they're all good and bad. They're all around 70%. Pick your flavor, seamless, uh, zoom, you know, go down the list, um, lead IQ, you know, good, good guys, good, good, good companies, but you're going to get data. And then everybody says, this is my ICP and they run the list and, and they're right. Like that's probably the best way to do it. And then you can apply it to whatever channel you want. When you get people over the first four to six weeks of your campaign and, and if Colin emails me back and says, I'm not interested right now, but you send me more information. That's still a little bit of a win, right? We're, you know, we're going to follow up, but it's, we count that as a win. Uh, and then, and then Jane over here says, you know what, that let's meet. And I go, yeah, we got Jane an opportunity. And then this next person says, I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to click on your landing page and not do anything. Those are all little signs of, of weird intent. They intend on nothing because they don't know who you are, but they're yeah. curious. So that's a personal thing. That isn't about your brand. And so we might, after a, a month, put 2,000 people through a cadence and get 20 opportunities for the client. But we have 200 people who fell in those categories of the other thing, right? They clicked on a link. They opened an email six times or more. Um, they responded to your email, send more information. We take that into a filter, and then I go back. I, I, I pick it out and I say, this is exactly the people. And Psychographics is, you know, Steve Schmidt, 43-year-old male, four children, used to play music, went to South Dakota State has a five-year uh, tenure on, a, on a, a bachelor's, so he only has one degree. He's had these jobs in the past. He's married. He's been divorced once, blah, blah, blah. It's all of my personal information. Because, you know, when I, when I meet you and and we're like, hey, cool, this, this guy's a good guy. Like, you vibe. And certain people you meet with, you're like, nah, I don't really like him. But, I mean, obviously, they're good at what they do, but they're not my kind of style. What it's really telling us is what else do we have in common with that person? Yeah. So if these people over here, and then we apply those psychographics and say, Tell me out of those 5,000 people who won't talk back to me, who's just like them? It says these 23 people are just like them. So call them right now. And so we engage them in a, in a call personalization. You know, we personalize the hell out of that stuff. We get right. about a 70% opportunity rate, meaning they're going to convert 
it's the strangest thing. They'll be like, hey, what's up, man? You're like, my calls are so easy. Everybody wants to talk to me. Well, they're just like the other people who are willing to talk to you. Right. So it's it's going really deep on the profile of finding finding your people, the people that you jive with, the people that are willing to hear what you have to say and do business with you. And so yeah. those people, there's far less than them, but it's worth the extra work of just really hyper-personalizing or spending the extra time or, mm-hmm. you know, doing a video or, you know, really hitting all channels or just really knowing, hey, these people eventually are going to do business with us. And these are the people that we need to follow up 10 times as many times as we would, as maybe anybody else in the campaign. Yep. hundred percent. And, and, and bottom line is it does work. I mean, it's just the law of energy, really. I hate to sound like a hippie, but I mean, I kind of am one on the inside, but it's like that stuff is real. Um, we all want to find some commonality with someone else. We want to jive. Yeah, yeah. And so um, how how many, I mean, not a lot of people are using this mm-hmm. these days. I mean, such a, marketing such a topic. has maybe been using it, but not at that level. But mm-hmm. not a lot of sales orgs are using this. They don't know how to use it. They did just say, okay, cool, but what do I do? And I get it because I at first I I thought I, first time I heard it, I'm like, this sounds conceptually like a nice idea, but it sounds like snake oil to me. And yeah. then we because it takes a lot. Of, I mean, you got to really work it out. You got to have a sales ops or you know somebody who's in rev ops who can really work it, or you can hire a firm to do it for you. And I'm not saying us, but there are people now. There's probably three companies I know who are like this works really well. One of them's a competitor of ours, and I really respect them. And what we do is we chart it out, right? So we take visual visualizations of every contact and say, here's who you thought was your ICP. When we met six weeks ago and they're down in the lower, it's like a Gartner magic quadrant, right? They're in the lower quadrant. Here's who actually is paying attention to you. And every time it's an eye opener. And so they're able to now, visually see it. Now, is it just a it. deeper profile of who they thought it was? Or is it sometimes somebody totally different? Totally different. Most, most of the time. That must blow people away. It upsets them. Like, hey, we've they, been chasing the wrong person for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, why can't we crack the market? Maybe it's because we've been calling and messaging the wrong people. And it's kind of like, it's like the uh, you asked me, like, what's the thing that's really kind of chapping your ass? Uh, I can't stand the term buyer's journey. I can't stand it. Because sellers are writing the buyer's journey. Like, it makes no sense. It's like me describing the perfect day for Colin. Why wouldn't I have Colin tell me what the perfect day is for him? Instead, I'm going to say, well, my idea of the perfect day for Colin is this. Colin can just say, actually, that's totally wrong, man. What I would do is I'd, I'd get up and drink coffee and you know, spend some time with my family and I'd work eight hours. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Colin loves to hustle. He loves to do it. He's got like two or three jobs. And so I'm totally wrong because my, my view to you is different. I'm looking at mm-hmm. you through a lens of LinkedIn. And that's how yeah. we look at our buyers and we get so fixated on this idea of ICP. Oh my God, you know, this is it. I need to get this little autofill on my cadence. This is, this is the message that's really going to resonate. No, not so much. It's wild, man. Wow. I mean, I, we're spending a grip of money on it, but it is the return on investment is significant. So what, I, that's what my, sort of, I'm what sort in. of ROI are you getting on, on using that type of data? about 7x right now so the way that we have to measure it is that not just the return because we don't get paid more we're not a pay for performance like we don't get more the client gets more and that's what it's about but we're seeing the referral rate go you know we've had two clients refer us into six more in a matter of three weeks 
I mean, we have we have 22 prospects. I mean, two, 22 clients right now, 28. So we're we're about to go to that space where we have to get on a wait list, and that's okay. It's a good problem to have, but we don't want to scale so quick that we lose sight of everybody who's already paying us money, because we'll fall apart if we get 40 prospects or 40 customers right now. Pardon me, I uh, we, we'll break. We just won't be yeah. able to support it. In time, we will. We need to get an operator. So if you if you're listening and you're a COO or you know somebody, go ahead and let Colin know, and we'll give him a referral fee. Or we'll drop the we'll like drop that. the job board. Uh, Link in the show notes for everyone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, appreciate it, man. That, that's it's it's kind of blowing my mind. I, I I think it will be trendy because everybody feels like they're looking for the new thing, and there's yeah. so many rev ops. And all people the buzz are right frustrated. Now. People are frustrated with crappy data. Um, yeah. People have been dealing with crappy data for for a long time, and so you know, and and, and so it's not necessarily like people think. Oh, we need better data source. We need better data vendor. No, you just need to enrich the data that you have. Yeah. Amen. When I I've, I had a brief stint at outreach, and they manually had three like interns sit there all day and enrich data. It was the crap. I looked at them, and they were like headphones, just like they're calling through auto dialers, and that was their job all day. But I respected it because like they took the they knew that seventy percent was okay. Like I'm like Zoom Info went public right on seventy percent clean data. And yeah. Seamless has got yeah. 70% clean data too. They all have the same data. It's just a matter of, it's a gong. Like the user interface is so good. People buy it. Well, Refrax over there, like we have the same thing and we're like half the cost because <laughs> they don't have the UX yet. So Zoom nailed that UX piece, man. People just feel comfortable in it. You know, oh, I can just type this in and see hierarchy charts. So that makes me feel good. Well, I can go get that from Lead IQ or I can build my own, really. I mean, if you knew or a developer. Do you even need it? <laughs> That's the greatest answer yet, or question. Do you even need it? I don't think so. I'd rather just take the 30 people who I know should talk to and say, forget the rest, put them in a newsletter. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. All right, Stephen, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, love this topic. Any any final thoughts or anything you want us to drop in the show notes and leave for, for the sales hustlers tuning in today? I'm going to, can I promote somebody out of the blue that I make no money off of? Sure, why not? There's a book coming out, and I've been obsessed with this guy's stuff, Justin Michael. He's, I don't know if you know Justin, he's kind of quiet on LinkedIn. I think he's like one of the most revolutionary brains in sales. He's so scientific. He he was the voice behind the, the other half of Combo Prospect. He didn't want to put his name on it, worked with Tony. And um, I, I just want to say like this book that's coming out is super cool. He's got this thing now called the TQ score, your technology quotient. You should take it, Colin. But he, he essentially applies this, and he's he's going to try and monetize it, right? He's going to try and sell TQ, TQ scores. I'm not fully bought in on it yet, but he's essentially saying that, like the DMV, if I have 111 questions, Colin only has to answer 11 of them. And, and you know, you, you study for the whole test, you only take 11 questions. So he does this thing, and he's ranking everybody, uh, sales leaders, uh, you know, rev ops, go down the list. What is their TQ score? TQ score, pardon me. I think yeah. it's super cool. Uh, I think it's I think it's like where my brain's at right now is like we have to dig into the science bef- before we figure out the next thing. So be on the lookout for that. I'm I'm super excited to see where Justin goes and kind of how he pops up because he's not the Josh Braun or the Jake Dunlap or the Beck Holland. He doesn't. He's not the well-spoken person who can sell you an ebook series. So I'm kind of fascinated by it, man. Awesome. Really we'll we'll drop the link there for that in the show notes. 
Uh, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on today. If you enjoyed today's episode, write us a review, share with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out. And if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.